Welcome to Relate Your Research, the online podcast featuring social work researchers. I'm Jessica Renarsson, and learning should be relatable. Today, we're really excited to be branching out our topics and looking into the world of financial literacy and financial literacy education with Adrian Jadan, a social worker and postgraduate researcher from Stellenbosch University. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here and very excited to be part of this great initiative that you started. Fantastic. It's always wonderful to hear about new topics. This is the first time we've had a financial topic being brought to the table on this podcast. So I'm sure that our listeners are really excited for something different. Maybe you could tell us a bit about your background and how you became interested in researching a financial focus to social development. Sure. Um, so I think just as a point of departure, I'll, I'll explain how I got interested in social work as a thing, and then I'll branch it out onto the financial side. Perfect. So I, after school, I didn't really know, you know what to do, and I didn't feel like I didn't just want to go study something for the sake of studying. So I took uh, about three years to try and figure out uh, what I want to do. And the, the main interest points for me came down to people... Uh, music and language and music I figured I can do on my own time uh, language was more just sort of like a, a fun hobby that was interesting so I thought that's also a thing that I can you know study in my own time um, and I thought all that's really left <laughs> that I like uh, is people so my first sort of thought went to social work um, I think also because I didn't uh, sort of know better I always want to say like that stereotype of oh people equal social work and to a certain extent I think that that's uh, quite true and I'm glad it worked out that way um, but ever since I started the social work journey at um, Stellenbosch it, I've really learned a lot that it's opened my eyes to you know um, so so many interesting things that social work actually entails um, and it's one of those those interesting points that caught my attention was actually the the very last uh, quarter of our fourth year um, we did the course on contemporary issues, and one of the topics that was presented there was uh, financial literacy education. And for some reason, it just it just stuck with me. Like I I, I think growing up in South Africa and uh, obviously being very aware of the large amount of people who struggle with poverty and the issues that poverty causes. Um, even though I've been, you know, privileged and fortunate enough not to experience it uh, as hectically as some of those uh, people do on a daily basis, I, from since I was small, I couldn't uh, sort of avert my gaze <laughs> away from it, um, and it's always been something that that really bothered me. Um, and I think when I saw that course uh, about financial literacy education, it sort of also tingled a bit of my uh, economic and business. Uh, interests because there's also a side of me that I, I really find that quite interesting and I I started wondering you know how can you not sort of fuse social work and business but how can the the economic side of existence sort of be stimulated in a way that can help people to you know better look after themselves and better take control of their situations and you know just sort of improve their their stance in life um, and Ultimately, it came to me to the point that, unfortunately, the world sort of revolves around money and without finances and money, you, you're going to really struggle. Um, so that, that course really caught my attention. Definitely relevant for 
modern society, as you say, where we're talking about how without a business mindset, actually poverty is going to be an ongoing issue, actually. Mm, for sure. Um, and I think one of the, the big things that that really caught my attention is, you know, South Africa, how in the social service sphere, um, we operate uh, under a social development uh, developmental paradigm. And according to, you know, Midgley and all the, the OGs on <laughs> social developmental theory, it's supposed to be human development alongside economic development. And I felt that a lot of what I was seeing, you know, from my little experience um, in the undergraduate years at the various uh, institutions and stuff where I was placed and worked, and then also through the research that I did, I realized that it seemed to be that there's a very large focus sort of placed on human development um, and not really any focus at all placed on the economic development. And what I figured that would create is like a dependency cycle on the social welfare system, which I think is intrinsically like contradicting to the whole point of why social work exists. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was something that really, really interested me. And I thought, man, this is something that I need to investigate a bit more. Amazing. So you've started to touch on what my next question was going to be, and maybe you could give us some context to your study, particularly in South Africa. Uh, we're obviously in a very pivotal time of history, and and um, mm. the world actually is in, in a bit of a pandemic at the moment. Yes. So all of a sudden, the context is quite significant to be talking about the financial focus of social development. Mm. Yes, I agree. Um, I think... When, when I started looking how to approach this, uh, it was sort of <laughs> but a, quite a big challenge because I, I, I didn't really know where to dive in or how to dive in. And I just started to, to see if I could find some, some information on you know, similar programs uh, or endeavors in other countries in the world. And I found some, some studies that, that really got my attention from India and it was in Bangladesh and Kenya. Um, it's lots of countries that have uh, similar socio-economic issues and problems with poverty and stuff like that, um, like we do here in South Africa. Um, and those studies also show that the the financial literacy education uh, endeavors that they applied uh, really had a, a great impact. Like uh, in the case of the Bangladesh and India, like they they worked with microfinance schemes, and it it ended up um, resulting in people sort of generating and accumulating more and more savings over time, and it it actually assisted them in improving their condition. Um, and in uh, Kenya, uh, there's another one in Tanzania also, um, where they also did similar stuff. And there was also an increase, uh, improvement um, in, the start, in the way that uh, the people experienced uh, the poverty and stuff related around it. So that was really encouraging to me because um, these countries, they, they also struggle with uh, similar stuff that we do here. So I decided that, you know, if, if it can work for them, I want to try and investigate how can we sort of take what what I learned from them or what we're learning from them and how can we look to apply it here in South Africa and then um, when I spoke to my, my supervisor Prof Engelbracht about all of this he, he actually suggested that maybe a, a good place to start was to try and you know get the perceptions of the the people who are working on the front line here in South Africa um, to hear you know how do their experiences um, and the knowledge that they have line up or don't line up with the international examples and yeah it was it was quite interesting uh, to see what came out of there um, but also a bit not not uh, disheartening but but sad in a sense because I realized that 
financial literacy here in South Africa and uh, that whole conversations around that whole theme and topic are are not really a focal point yet and not receiving a lot of attention. And to a certain extent, I understand why, because I think there's so much strain on the on our on our social welfare system and you know the social workers and everyone involved and there's such a, a large demand for assistance that can't really get ahead um and you're just sort of always doing damage control so working i almost want to say like from the back foot like you never can never catch up just to work to get ahead <laughs> and uh, that was quite uh, sad for me to see actually and that and i thought then you know that's just another reason for me to try and fund financial literacy here on um, on our own soil because I think uh, I know poverty is it's uh, multifaceted and there's not one straight road or one answer to do this and it'll you know sort itself out but I just thought that perhaps an economic uh, approach to it like to try and empower the people economically may be a a worthwhile (laughs) thing to go after because you never know if you can uh, systematically grow it over time and you can reach a larger scale then I think uh, it can really have a a positive impact. Um, so yeah, in terms of South Africa, uh, I found that largely not a lot of attention paid to it yet. Not a lot of people really know what it is, um, how to implement it or what programs exist. But at the same time, I feel that because that is that way, there is a great opportunity and gap to try and make it work. So yeah. Sure. So what was the aim of your study? And maybe you could share with us some of your research findings, the interesting conclusions that you discovered along the way. Mm, for sure. Um, so the aim was to develop an understanding of the perceptions uh, of the frontline social workers on the role of financial literacy education in facilitating social development. Um, and I think largely the study did that because I, I I did uh, definitely gain an understanding into, you know, um, what they were uh, saying and how they were viewing things. So um, even though it's not necessarily always the, the answer that you <laughs> hope to get going into the study, um, <laughs> it, it is still an answer nonetheless. And I think it can still be used to sort of guide the way going forward. Um, and on that point, some of the stuff that I, the, the research findings, um, some interesting conclusions, I think it's important to say that I came into this uh, study sort of figuring out as I go along uh, knowing sort of where I want to go, but not sure how to get there. And the responses from the participants really helped in that because they, they provided so much insight into other angles um, of things that I didn't even you know, consider. Um, and, and some of those things, which I think is, is really integral uh, to note and will be very valuable also for financial literacy uh, education going forward, is that um, one of the points was that these financial literacy um, initiatives, they need to be holistic in in the sense that the people who they will be aimed at um, obviously experience a multitude of challenges that are associated with poor socioeconomic circumstances. And because of their circumstances, uh, their motivation and the engagement with the program and the willingness just to do it, I think can be um, severely impacted if alongside these financial literacy initiatives, you don't also, as we spoke earlier about the human development, um, you also need to have that side of, how will I say, like social service being rendered uh, to ensure that the people maintain like a healthy mentality to want to continue working um, in the financial stuff as well, or on the financial side as well. Are you saying that attitude and 
almost like motivation is just as important as having the skill set. Um, yeah, motivation. This was one of the things that that uh, the social workers actually identified uh, largely across the board. Um, is that from their experience um, working with uh, clients from poorer socio-economic circumstances, is that uh, motivation to engage with the process and with them um, there could often be quite a, a big challenge um, if you didn't sort of work around that or work with the people to increase their their willingness to do it. So I thought that was actually quite interesting. Um, but if you think about it, it makes sense, right? Because if you have all these stresses around you um, and you, you can't even really <laughs> do life normally because there's just constantly stuff like going wrong and stress, like I can imagine you won't be able to focus you know, on a random social work session if you don't have the peace of mind just to be present there. So that, yeah. that really um, resonated with me. Then another thing that stood out um, was regarding the accessibility of financial resources. So there was established that an increase in service user accessibility to financial resources uh, was quite imperative. And I thought, especially in, in this regard, uh, like the, the service users who are more in rural uh, areas further from, you know, big city centers with nice financial resources and stuff like that. Uh, it, even the study even uh, brought out aspects of technology, which I also thought was quite interesting. You know, like if even if the, the people in the rural areas perhaps are not physically close to the financial resources, if we can sort of empower them through technology to also link um, and engage with these resources, they can access it easier. So I actually thought that was quite interesting as well, because I think technology and social work is also a, a field or, you know, two, two things that, that is also largely understudied, or <laughs> I don't know enough about it, uh, uh, at least. So that's also something that I think going forward would be worthwhile to investigate because technology is going to continue, you know, developing and expanding. And I think social work needs to be aware of that and sort of uh, take hold <laughs> or somehow partner with it to to stay uh, efficient and effective as the times change. Um, but yeah, the financial resources was also quite uh, uh, interesting. And then the last main point that I want to say is that um, everyone also articulated that all the participants that it is naive and I think silly to think that social workers um, and or even the the social uh, welfare sphere on its own. Um, can can adequately implement financial literacy education initiatives just because the scope of the problem I think is in South Africa now specifically of course um, is is so large with I think there's like what uh, 20 25 or 26 percent unemployment it's like 17 18 million mm -hmm. people so it's it's like there's such a large need that I think that society you know as a as a whole, we'll need to work together, social work and business and government. Everyone will need to come together if we are really going to effectively um, implement this. And then the last uh, interesting point um, that arose, which also makes sense, is that for many of um, the people that struggle with these poor socio-economic circumstances, um, debt can be a crucial challenge. Um, and it is... Uh, probably one of the most important things or reasons for them to teach them uh, how to be financially literate, literate because um, debt can be super crippling if you do not understand, you know, how everything around it works. And if, if uh, service users are not educated, we see, see this a lot through the studies also, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 
is that they they make um, poor financial decisions um, and go into debt and then they'll, for example, borrow to pay off that debt. Or So it's just like a, it creates this whole cycle that just plummets them further and further down, which is obviously super dangerous. Do you think that our understanding of debt is d- incorrect or do you think we are positioning ourselves in a way that we generally people misunderstand debt? Um Sure. Interesting question. I think, I think, um, speaking from a social work perspective, like I think in general, um, and also in South Africa, social workers and social work educators and frontline social workers and the people in management, everyone involved in this whole big structure. I think, uh, there can be overall a a bigger emphasis on, um, finances in social work, um, and topics and themes of finances in social work to increase the, the knowledge and the skills of also the, the social workers and everyone involved in the welfare system uh, regarding things like debt or financial stuff. So that also when we're in a position where you have a service user who has this problem, then it's not like to you a foreign, oh my goodness, what do I do? But then you're ready, you're equipped, and you're, you know how to deal with it. Um, and that's also another point that actually came up through um, the study is that many of the participants uh, said that they think going forward, the social workers, when they're trained at university uh, and may perhaps even after university, like a, a bridging course or something, you know, there needs to be a greater focus on financial education also for the social workers because you cannot help someone uh, if you yourself do not know how to navigate it. Mm. So I think debt is just one part of a, a bigger financial cluster of things that I think social work also needs to engage with more. Sure. I mean, really a call to action in that regard to start to tackle this topic that actually is misunderstood and often, I think, presented in a light that could be negative um, or positive, really, but really just to start those conversations so that it's not so taboo and unknown, I suppose, in the social world. Exactly. And I I, I also think, um, just to add to that, like I think, it's, it's very important that um, social workers uh, get this education also so that they can believe in themselves, that they, they feel competent over their own finances. Because uh, in some of the questions um, also that I did with in the study, it, 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 or it became apparent to me that many of the people who I interviewed sort of, maybe they didn't explicitly say it, but I could like read between the lines that they, they weren't completely uh, comfortable perhaps is the right word or sure of themselves in terms of finances and stuff so so they didn't feel that they were uh, perhaps the best person to help these service users through financial problems um and i i think that is actually uh quite not not worrying but i mean there's definitely room for improvement because if you think of social workers like with like superheroes right and so <laughs> Uh, you can't let the finances be our kryptonite, you know, <laughs> we need to be covered all around. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think there's definitely room for improvement, but also, as you said, you can frame it in positive light. Like, yes, there's mm-hmm. lots of financial problems and stuff like that, but it's, it's lots of opportunity, uh, lots of ways to try and figure out how we can make it better. So I think it's important to, to keep that positive mindset, um, and the engaging mindset that we spoke of earlier as well as social workers, not just the clients. Absolutely. What were some of the challenges you found when researching financial literacy education? So I would say probably one of the the largest ones was just the fact that 
largely there's a lack of attention or local attention investigating this topic. Um, internationally, there's, it's, it's uh, been coming for, for a while now, so they're a bit further ahead. I mean, it's not like a, it's not been coming from the 50s, for example. It's not like that old, but uh, there, there tends to be quite a bit of literature out there. But, but on local soil, there, there's been like a handful of studies, if that much done in the last like 10, 15 years. Um, and I think that's that's quite a, a large challenge because then it's quite difficult to sort of figure out where do you start, you know, and what is the first thing to try and figure out? Where do you go from here? Um, I think also <clears throat> uh, due to it being a relatively like new field of focus here in South Africa, um, the basis for the local literature um, is also still relatively small. Um, and I think that's also why it's important for you know all facets of the the social work sphere, the academics also to engage in this, so that we can grow that that information base, so that the the people who are on the front lines or in the management positions or wherever can draw from it and apply it. But the thing is, if you don't have the the research, you can't apply it. So I think definitely the the lack um, of local studies and the the big gap sort of in the market of information. <laughs> um, and then that also translates to to the the, the final challenge, and that was um, like I said, Nana. Also, the the social workers um, that were largely unfamiliar with perhaps what it entailed, or you know how to apply it, or who was doing what in the field. Um, so it's just like a it's almost a sense of like a general um, ignorance is the wrong word, but it's like it's it's this theme or this topic hasn't received as much attention. Uh, in our country yet, which I think is is a shame. Absolutely. Well, and clearly South Africa is in a need of improved financial literacy, as you found by speaking to all these frontline social workers. Mm. How have people responded to hearing about your research? Um, largely, yeah, positive. Uh, I had a very positive experience, I must say. Um, all the social workers that I interviewed and, you know, the people I contacted and stuff like that, they were they were all uh, very supportive and uh, very, very interested. Um, I think one thing that that also arose a lot um, is that they just said this is such a great idea, you know, and it's it will be or it can have so much value. Um, but they all, not all, but the majority, always it always came back to the fact that but they didn't have um, time or space for it in their job because the caseload is too high or you know there's too little time or so it's a very real problem, like the fact that our, our welfare system is like so overloaded. So even though they see the potential in it, I think reality is much different. And as such, we need multiple role players to work together. Otherwise, it will, it will not work. Social workers cannot do everything uh, on their own. And what is especially uh, sad for me in this sense is that I think many people's viewpoints and society at large, many people who, who don't, who I speak to who don't know social work or perhaps what it entails, it's this, this um, mindset of social workers are there to solve society's problems type of vibe. And I think that's, that's actually quite cool because it's like, yeah, let's do it. But at the same time, I think you need to be realistic in the sense that if it's for society, everyone needs to sort of play a part. So yes, perhaps we have the, 
a better skill to maybe direct the process better or make it flow more efficiently or, you know, address a certain specific need. But at the end of the day, for something like this, especially if you want to do it on a, a larger scale, you will need input from, you know, uh, multiple uh, parties. And yeah, I think uh, it's, it's a, it can be a good thing. I think people, um, or how will I phrase it? I think people must just uh, understand the value. And I think social work can, can help in explaining to them the value of, of something like financial literacy education. Um, but the social workers are all on board. It's, it's not them so much that I like, not to worry about, but that I consider when I'm thinking what we're challenged. But I, I specifically think like it's the, the larger part of society that aren't involved in the welfare services um, or that don't understand it because to try and convince them to be a part of something that they might view as not their problem or not their job, I think can be quite a challenge. Well, um, looking then to the future and, and in some ways, I suppose, looking at where can we go with this is, do you have any recommendations that you would like to share? Who needs to be aware of, of this? Me personally, I think uh, this can also maybe be something interesting for all the social workers um, listening or people involved. Uh, in various um, avenues of social work is I think something that that could be worthwhile you know investigating is how organizations that present these uh, programs or that will present these programs how they can be financially independent from um, example the government or from grants or from because uh, donors or whatever, because there's also a lot of instances where the, the participants explain to me that say your, or the organization's budget is X, it's only X if you meet criteria X, Y, and Z. And often criteria X, Y, and Z is, uh, how will I say, like extremely blown up, like not really, it's not uh, realistic to, to meet all of those things. So I think the, if, if we can get business involved or get organizations involved through social enterprise or social entrepreneurship where we can sort of help or get organizations to fund themselves while being, uh, having that social mentality of you know, giving back and putting back into the community or into society, I think that can be quite an interesting thing to research. Another thing also for studies going forward, um, a qualitative study aimed at assessing the nature and the dynamics of the relationships between the role players, as we discussed earlier, for the development of the social work service users' financial capabilities. And if they do not exist, so if they exist, how can we uh, increase, you know, or improve and maintain those relationships? And if they don't exist, um, how can we establish them? And how can we make sure that from the get-go, we, we have an effective multidisciplinary uh, sort of approach? To ensure that sustainability down the line. Um, I also think that a quantitative study um, assessing the availability of financial resources, as we spoke uh, now, now um, in the varying geographical areas, and also to determine ways in which financial networks and resources can be increased um, and improved, is also something to, to worth researching into. That's now more, more practical sort of uh, geographical placement of resources, but I think it's it's an important thing to to also know because if you know the bigger picture, even if, if it's just in terms of statistics, if you know the bigger picture, it can be um, effective in helping you identify like where what is needed. So I think that can be good. And then uh, final 
uh, I think, point for further re research, excuse me, is um, a major study to determine the components and content of financial social work. So, for example, the the programs and the people who write the programs and the sort of curricul curriculum, if I can put it like that, for financial social work. Because um, as we spoke earlier about there needing to be an increase also um, in the education of not only the service users, but also in the social workers and the academics or, you know, everyone, everyone in the, in the social welfare sphere at whatever point they are. Um, I think there needs to be a sort of a financial curriculum for them that, that is specific to social work, that, that is about financial social work. So a study, you know, uh, investigating perhaps what curriculums exist, um, what programs can be useful, you know, what topics, what themes can be useful, and then also how to include that um, and how to facilitate that training to, you know, the, the social work students or, as we spoke earlier, a, a bridging course after you've graduated before you go into practice, um, just to ensure that, you know, if they start working or whatever the case may be, then you don't go into it and you feel like scared or unequipped or what am I doing whenever you face a, a, a client with a financial need. Um, so I think that that is a good place to start for for research going forward. Absolutely. And it really sounds like you're advocating to build confidence in financial matters, really, as a social yes. body. <laughs> um, and that's really exciting because, as you said, it's not something that social workers would perhaps naturally do or have historically done. So this is almost like a new kind of call, really, and a new new avenue for social workers to to investigate for sure and I, and I think it can be exciting and i think um it can it can definitely i think if, if if people can you know get excited to to get involved in it and if we can actually sort of draw a bit of attention to to it as a theme or a topic on a you know a larger scale i think if we start you know probing doing pilot studies and like testing various programs and stuff and I think there's a big chance that we'll see some really positive results that can be encouraging to pursue the studies and the research further. I think it's just that initial step to get everyone on board <laughs> might be a bit of a challenge, um, but I think it's definitely doable and we should definitely strive towards it. Last question for you today. Any words of advice for future researchers out there? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm not a like a pro researcher by any means. I'm also just starting out. Um, but if anything that I've, I've learned so far, I think social work, um, we need more passionate researchers and academics. Um, and I think we need a lot of social workers who are, you know, willing and keen to go onto the front lines and do their thing. But if you're like me, for example, that is not my thing. And I, I, I like to uh, try and approach it from a different angle. And I think um, many people in social work maybe who have not considered that academics can be a, a path to take, maybe they must give it a try because it is, it is quite rewarding and you, you get to approach problems sort of from a different angle, um, which is it's, it's quite nice um, and quite challenging, but it, it's fun for me. So I think there's definitely uh, lots of opportunity in social work academics, especially for young up-and-coming people to sort of make their own stamp and, as you spoke earlier, like leave their legacy. I also think that the right mindset can bring you quite far. Um, as I said, when, when I started, sure, I didn't know sort of what I was doing because it was my first like big study. Um, but, I, but what I learned through it is that, you know, you must 
sort of just keep calm and carry on as that other you know cheesy uh, science says but it's it's so true like i i engage with you know my supervisors if i felt like i need support you would ask my friends and my family and that's important and you need to stay in that right mindset because if you stay there you can really like um, be effective and, and get stuff done which i think is very encouraging um, also take it little for little, you know, um, don't like, I, I, I'm a dreamer, so I like to aim super high and then <laughs> struggle all the way and complain till I like get there. Um, but I think little for little is also key in maintaining your, your confidence and your momentum. Um, that's also something that, that helped me a lot. Um, and collaboration and partnerships definitely is also, I would say the, the, the way forward. Um, just because in the age that we're living, you know, information is becoming, uh, ever more readily accessible um, and I think if you do not know how or where to search it can be quite a struggle um, and so if you are working with people um, I think it's it's quite nice because it provides you with that that direct insight and that uh, experience of, of their knowledge and how they view things which which I really enjoyed and it, it can be used to inform your own way of thinking which which was very uh, beneficial for me um, and then finally, I think that that mentality of sharing with one another um, and learning from one another and then also assisting one another can, can be very beneficial because I think um, for us as young social workers um, going forward, like one of my biggest pet peeves is the way that the social welfare system is run. Um, and so for us going forward, you know, we, we have this opportunity to be that positive change, you know, work together, have each other's backs, don't divide the welfare system rather united you know like um that type of mentality i think can can go far if we if we all do it together that's fantastic thank you so much for joining us and sharing your thoughts and journey with our listeners today thank you very much for having me what a what a great initiative to be a part of so i'm, I'm very thankful thank you very much We'll put a link to your research in the show notes. So if anyone is interested in finding out more about Adrian's research and, and his findings, you can find all the links below. Yes. And then contact me if you want to join. There it is. An <laughs> open invitation. If there we go. I'm looking for partners. Thank you. That was Adrian Jordan sharing with us his thoughts and research on financial literacy in South Africa in a social development context. We're heading towards our final episode. Catch us next week as we close off this season of Relate Your Research.